Well, the Stuff article screamed, when asked about gender identity, 15% of the cohort, the kids in the survey who are 12 years old, selected the answer that wasn't either boy or girl. 15%, a strong sense of gender identity. That's incredibly high. But is it correct? Does it reflect reality? Well, you may not be surprised to hear it doesn't, but you'll also possibly be more concerned about how this longitudinal study is setting out to confuse children from the age of eight. Let's check it out. So slightly longer episode of McBlog, but I do want to set out uh, this in full detail for you to understand. The Growing Up in New Zealand longitudinal study known as GUINZ is New Zealand's largest ongoing cohort study. It recruited 6,800 New Zealand kids born between 2009-2010 in Auckland and the Waikato, although interestingly that number has dropped to just 4,500 now. And look, losing people in such a massive and lengthy study is understandable, but it appears to be a much larger attrition rate than the Christchurch Longitudinal Study and the Dunedin Study based on comparable times. I would dare to suggest that what we're talking about today might be part of the reason. Parents aren't happy about being involved and we agree with them. In fact, we think parents may want to withdraw their involvement after watching this. So the Stuff Media article from April the 5th, 2023 this year says... Kiwi kids have strong sense of ethnic gender identity, the study shows. The research published on Wednesday as part of Now We Are 12, it surveyed 4,500 12-year-olds and their far now. When asked about gender identity, 15% selected an answer that wasn't either boy or girl. Well, let's dig a little deeper into that sweeping statement. The survey asked young people about their gender. Most 12-year-olds selected boy followed by girl. 15% selected another answer. This included mostly a boy, mostly a girl, or somewhere in the middle. Just over 1%, that's 48 young people in this whole survey, selected I don't know. It's the 1% that maybe you should be concerned about. They don't know whether they're a boy or a girl. And then it continues... The majority of young people assigned male at birth reported their gender was a boy or mostly a boy. 90% of those assigned female at birth selected girl or mostly a girl. University of Auckland senior lecturer Dr John Fennerty said by age three or four, children usually started to have a strong sense of their gender and by age six or seven their sense of gender was relatively consistent. Really? That's not what the worldwide research on gender dysphoria says. It says most children grow out of their incongruent or misaligned gender identity when they go through puberty, which reaffirms their biological sex, eh? And notice the emphasis on the word gender. Don't mention biological sex. But the name John Finorti should raise immediately raise red flags. He's partnered in research with the University of Waikato's Trans Health Research Lab, which is driven by activists in an agenda rather than science and independent research, and they push chemicals, castration and preferred pronouns through their association with the radical international group WPATH, and this is at the expense of care and counselling for the deeper comorbid mental health issues. And he's also part of the team that oversees the Weak and Flawed Counting Ourselves study. 
So this unit is at odds with medical professionals and groups around the world who are sounding growing concern around the use of puberty blockers to treat young people with gender dysphoria because of the low certainty of benefits and the potential for medical harm. But, Nick Minute, the media report admits this. One of the study's limitations was it didn't explicitly ask young people if they identified as trans or non-binary. The study classified participants based on their response, he said. Oh, but they still managed to say when asked about gender identity, 15% of the cohorts selected an answer that wasn't either boy or girl and admitting that they coded some of them as trans or binary. Now, I'll come back to that. The, the Stuff article then continues the marketing for gender ideology and has a video embedded in the article featuring the reason that gender ideology has to be included in the census. You know, the census that we've all just struggled to complete because of the fictional questions on gender identity. And at the bottom of the article, this article on ethnicity and gender, are there resources and websites offered for those questioning their ethnicity? Of course not, dummy. Just resources for indoctrinating gender ideology. Resources for parents and caregivers include transgender children, gender minorities, Aotearoa, rainbow youth, inside out, and outline for young people. Now, as we said, a major weak spot in the data analysis for this report is that children were not asked if they see themselves as being trans, only if they see themselves as being fully or partly a boy or a girl. Yet groups labelled trans boys and trans girls are created. This is not what the children were addressing, so these classifications are not necessarily justified. But remember, these are 12-year-olds who are likely just thinking about masculinity and femininity issues. It has nothing to do with gender identity or wanting to transition to be the opposite sex or being non-binary. There are huge assumptions being made, but they try to justify it with this. And this is a doozy. It says, in this report, sex refers to a set of biological attributes that are associated with physiological features, including chromosomes, gene expression, hormone function, and reproductive sexual anatomy. Gender refers to the identities, norms, and expressions of behaviours and roles that are associated with people who identify as girls, women, boys, men, non-binary, or who have a different gender identity. Gender includes how a person identifies their gender, as well as how they express their gender. A person's gender expression may or may not match their gender identity, and a person's gender identity may differ from the gender designated to them by their sex assigned at birth. Trans is an umbrella term for people whose gender identity differs from the one they were designated at birth. However, some non-binary people may not identify as trans themselves. Non-binary refers to people who do not identify with binary gender identities. Some non-binary people may have a gender-fluid, bi-gender, agender, or otherwise expansive identity outside of the trans, man, woman binary. Cisgender refers to people who identify with the gender they were designated at birth. Whew. Does your head hurt at this point? And you thought, it's a boy, it's a girl, and the birthing unit was pretty much a slam dunk. <laughs> Not so fast. But here's the actual question they asked 12-year-olds. Thinking about who you are, do you see yourself as a boy, a girl, or somewhere in between? And the response options, boy, mostly boy, somewhere in the middle, Mostly a girl, girl, I don't know. Uh, 
when you were 12, how would you have answered that? Especially if you were a boy who liked ballet or a girl who liked rugby. What about a girl who prefers to watch men's rugby instead of women's rugby? A boy who hung around with a group of girls or a girl who preferred to do activities that the boys tended to do. Did it mean you were transgender or non-binary? Of course not. And do you see yourself as a boy, as a girl? What does that even mean? Does it mean uh, on Sundays, every week? Once in a blue moon, is it 50% of the time, 90%, 25%? Who knows? It's deliberately vague. So what did the study say they found? Well, 90% of the boys said they were boys. 7.5% said they were mostly boys. So that's most of them. Uh, 0.8 somewhere in the middle. So that leaves less than 20 boys out of more than 2,200 boys who were leaning more to thinking they saw themselves more as a girl. A further 14 boys didn't know whether they thought they were a boy or mostly boy or other. Maybe they were the smart ones. Maybe they were like you and me and they thought, what a dumb question, or I don't understand the question. Now for the girls, 76% of the girls said they were girls. A further 14% said mostly a girl, so that's 90%. And then 7% said somewhere in the middle. They see themselves somewhere in the middle of being a boy and a girl. Does that mean they're changing sex, that they're non-binary? No, of course not. 34 girls weren't sure what they'd say, and 26 girls said they saw themselves as a boy or mostly a boy. Now, these are 12-year-olds, remember. So how were these responses treated? And this is the telling bit. Young people who selected somewhere in the middle, or I don't know, in response to this question, are coded as non-binary or unsure of their gender. It is important to note that this categorisation includes trans boys and girls as well as some young people who may be non-binary, e.g. mostly a girl boy, alongside cisgender boys and girls in the binary gender categories. Now, cisgender, of course, is a made-up word by activists, which means boys are boys and girls are girls. Let's call it what it is, male, female. Uh, and then it says trans, non-binary and cisgender is determined by responses to the unipolar gender identity question and the sex assigned at birth categorisation. Mostly a boy, somewhere in the middle, mostly a girl, as well as I don't know, are emphasising the non-binary middle of the spectrum and are included in this categorisation as non-binary, while boy and girl are coded as cisgender. However, participants who report a gender that differs from their sex assigned at birth for example, a participant who is assigned female at birth but selects boy or mostly a boy as gender are included in the trans category. Or maybe they just don't fit neatly and squarely within a rigid masculine or feminine expectation. But that's got nothing to do with changing biological sex, has it? It simply confirms what we've always said. We should create a climate that welcomes every child by making room for a greater diversity of personalities without negating the importance of biological sex, created as male and female, but created uniquely. Now, just to really indoctrinate gender ideology into these 12-year-olds in this study, who must be getting really bored by now, the report says they asked a further six questions, which enables participants to report nuances in their gender identity and expression beyond simply masculine, feminine, or non-binary, and to include androgynous, high in both masculine and feminine scores, and agender, low in both masculine and feminine scores, identities 
and expressions. Remember, this is being asked of 12-year-olds. And so they ask these questions. How similar do you feel like boys? How similar do you feel like girls? How much do you like to do the same thing as boys? How much do you like the same thing as girls? And how much do you act like boys? How much do you act like girls? And the responses range from not at all, a little bit, a medium amount, pretty much a lot. Gee, by now a 12-year-old is probably just saying, can I please go and watch some TikTok? But... What really disturbed us even more when we investigated this further is that growing up in New Zealand study started asking these questions not at 12, but at the age of 8. Not only the, do you see yourself as a boy, girl, or somewhere in between, for an 8-year-old, which can't be defined objectively, but another equally vague, distorted question. Thinking about other people, do you think they see you as a boy, a girl, or somewhere in between. Now, this is being asked of eight-year-olds. Is an eight-year-old going around asking people that? Of course not. I mean, they're saying, yeah, I like some girly things. I like some guy things. Wow, I must be non-binary. My friends are all guys. My friends are mostly girls. Some of my mates called me a sissy on the soccer field last week. I must be transgender. But that didn't deter our friends at growing up in New Zealand. The eight-year-old report concluded, or the report for eight-year-olds concluded, most children, 98% identified with the gender they are assigned at birth and 2% did not. Well, it was only 1.6%, just 77 children out of 4,500 children. And one in seven, 14% of the cohort identified themselves as being somewhere in between male and female, and 3% said they were unsure about their gender identity at this stage. Yeah, maybe they didn't understand the question. Maybe they thought it was a trick question, just like you and I did in the census. We checked the questioning for mothers of eight-year-olds, not a mention of gender identity. Do you think parents should be part of this question line? We do. Parents should be well aware that their children are being subjected to this type of questioning, this, this suggestion being made. Ironically, when parents are asked the gender of their children in the study and all the people who live in the house as well, guess how many options are available? Two, male and female. That's it. Shocking. How binary. But regarding asking children whether they think they're a boy or a girl, Australian expert and paediatrician Dr John Whitehall, who spoke at our conference recently, and he's written many articles on this issue, said this. Results of such tick-in-the-box questionnaires are unreliable. A tick-in-the-box to the question, do you think you are transgender, cannot be compared in accuracy with a standard definition published in DSM-5 according to which childhood gender dysphoria is based on a marked incongruence between natal and perceived gender lasting at least six months, manifested by at least six features including a strong desire and insistence on together with a strong preference for the company, clothing and toys of the opposite sex and its role in fantasy play and associated with a rejection of the stereotypes of its natal sex including anatomy. Also, to comply with dysphoria there should be significant distress or impairment in functioning. But apparently 12-year-olds and even 8-year-olds don't need to meet this criteria. They can self-diagnose and the researchers of this study can diagnose. 
The DSM-5 is the objective biological basis for truly assessing a disorder, but of course activists are doing all they can to change that measurement. And in New Zealand, of course, you can now change your sex on your birth certificate, including for children without any medical or verifiable assessment. Here's the controversial statement I'll make. I, I can understand why the dropout rate in this study seems relatively high and may even increase further. In fact, I would encourage parents who are still involved in growing up in New Zealand to think twice about their continuing involvement given the nature of these questions because there's an agenda at play here, sadly. It's a longitudinal, let's be quite clear, it's a longitudinal study which is so important and could have significant value, but it's been captured by gender ideologues and activists and now it's even possible that families are dropping out of the study at an increasing rate because of this confusing and harmful questioning of young people. It's very sad and very disturbing to watch. Now, just before I go, here's some questions we'd like to see added to growing up in New Zealand to ask the 12-year-olds. Are you aware your gender was not assigned at birth? Are you aware there is nothing you can medically do to manipulate a biological change of your gender sex? Are you aware that boys often like doing things that are sometimes perceived as more favoured by girls, feminine? Or that girls often like doing things that are sometimes perceived as more favoured by boys, masculine? But that has nothing to do with whether you're male or female. And are you aware no one in history has ever changed their biological sex using medical, surgical and hormonal intervention? But they probably won't ask those questions, eh? And that tells you everything. Mm -hmm.